Hello and welcome to the Red Dwarf IntroCast, where newbies and longtime fans alike discuss Red Dwarf episode by episode. Uh, we journey into the far reaches of space on the mining ship Red Dwarf. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Paul. <laughs> and on this episode, we are talking about Crichton. The crew of the Red Dwarf meets a strange living ship called the Moya, and they meet a misfit crew of... It's... it's the... Wait, wait, wait a minute. No. It's, wrong... it's the wrong series. It's... No, okay. That's the wrong thing, isn't it's... it? No. Uh, heard so. John and Dargo and... Oh, well. Uh, well, why don't you give us the actual synopsis, Shane? <laughs> the Red Dwarf crew intercept a SOS distress call from the American space cruiser Nova 5 that has crashed on the moon. They find the only survivor is Crichton, an android brother whose favorite TV show is Androids. Android. Awesome. Yeah, and we're, we're going to be asking y'all about that specifically. Okay. Um, so, this episode, I will go ahead and tell you I really, really liked. It was really, really good. Yeah. yeah okay, for one uh, thing, they discovered color. Yes. They discovered what red really looks like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's... Now, it may be just a difference in like the copies that we have, but it seems like, even in the opening credits, the red seemed much redder. Uh, things were more vibrant. Was that the case with y'all, or did we just get weird copies? No, it's a lot more brighter, to be, f- um, to be fair. There was more use um, of light. Good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and as soon as they got onto the uh, uh, Crichton ship, I was like, this is what it should look like. There's nice blue lights and green plants, and it, it looks like a pleasant place to live, minus the three skeleton women. Yeah. They would fit, though. I, I think that's what we call a budget. We got that season two yeah. budget coming in. <laughs> they could afford plants and actual red palettes. <laughs> So yeah, the um, first off, uh, th- this was a minor thing, but I noticed it in the opening credits. Holly said in the opening credits mm-hmm. that Lister was the last human being alive. Mm-hmm. Yes. That had not really been confirmed up until this point. We really didn't know what was going on on Earth, you know, besides the giant sausage mold and the uh, Northwestern Power Company, but that was an, uh, an April Fool's joke, so... Um, I mean, maybe Holly has spoiled us here. For all we know, I guess Lister is the last of the the humans. He is the face of Bo, or, or whatever. Well, well he's got to have babies. Yeah. With... But how does he have babies if he's the last human? Ah, now we don't know. Maybe there's an egg bank. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, yeah, weird, uh, yes. weird thing there. Yeah. Maybe it just meant the only human that we know of. Possibly. So, the episode starts, we get uh, the view of Crichton, who we really haven't met yet, watching uh, all my circuits. I mean, androids. Androids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, androids, it looks a lot like a a fake soap opera on the the series Futurama called All My Circuits. So... Uh, Shane, Paul, <clears throat> is that a reference to a show or just soap opera? Yes, yes. It, it's it's a reference to um, an Australian soap opera called Neighbours. 
Oh, oh okay. I've I've heard the name. I've never seen any of the show, but I've heard the name Neighbors. That yeah, okay. The same soap well, um, is about. No, I suppose it's the same soap that Kylie Minogue, uh, Jason Donovan, and they're uh, probably the t- two most famous people to come out from that. Natalie and Bruglia yes. as well. Not that anyone. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Well, I don't know how to feel about that. I'm torn. Huh? Because oh. Natalie and Bruglia. Uh, uh. Okay, okay <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, androids have feelings too. Uh, and then the first glance we get of the Red Dwarf, uh, Lister is aggravating Rimmer because Lister is much better at learning Esperanto. <laughs> okay, and Let's we see. have the big development that Lister went to college. He went to art college. college. Well, you don't need any exams to get in. (laughs) Don't steal my (laughs) quote. That's like a big quote of mine. (laughs) As long as you don't steal my quote. I promise. I try to be careful with quotes. (laughs) But yeah, and they even have lectures in the afternoon. God. Yeah, the crack of 1230. Yeah, Yeah, I actually, um, I I teach college. Heath does too. We we teach freshman comp and um, composition classes. So you you actually um, understood where Lister was coming from with this then? Oh, yeah. Well, I was telling my students the other day, um, it's 11 o'clock class, and I said, you know, some mornings you're going to sleep through your alarm Yes, it can happen at 11 o'clock class. It can also happen at a 3 o'clock class. It's understandable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Weird thing here for me, um, maybe just a bit of a language thing, but uh, instead of goit, uh, Rimmer refers to Lister as a a gimp. (laughs) Which Which you don't uh, want to bring out. Yeah, no, you never want to hear of uh, the gimp being brought out. But, I mean, I have I understand that it can mean, you know, lame or, or crippled or disabled, and it also has other more specialized fantastical meanings that we shall not get into. <clears throat> uh, but I've never heard it just used as a general term for, you know, an, uh, a moron or, or a smeghead. Uh, um, I've never really used it as... That meaning, I just use it. I've actually used the word just as a, like, mm-hmm. as another word for an idiot. That's mm. about it. Okay. Interesting. I'm just not that sure a... it can have any meaning after Pulp Fiction. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Um, Holly! As Angel said. Sorry. Wait, what's that? No, go ahead. What was that? I want to go mention about Holly revolutionizing the music business. Yes. Oh yes, the the uh, instead of an octave, the decimal decimal system. Yes. Yes. New new notes H and J. A computer would come up with the decimal system for. (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, who? What culture would be so just anal retentive to just change a, a perfectly good? Uh, system to a, a base of 10 for the sake of simplicity. I mean, that, oh, wait a minute. Holy I word. better stop right there. 
And talking of Holly, we can actually see him now. Is yes, yes, uh, he's in yeah. color and much brighter. He, yes, yes. Again, season two budget, very important. Um, I have here yeah. the cat sucks at hunting. <laughs> like our cat. I'm, I'm sorry. What was that laugh there? That that was hilarious. I don't know. Someone's laugh just made me laugh. That must have been me. I have a funny chuckle, I suppose. You do. You reminded me of Homer Simpson. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will have to watch the Homer laughs. <laughs> Don't. Uh. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, back to Red Dwarf. Oh. They're they're drinking dog's milk. Oh. <laughs> Which you know is the only milk that you can't tell if it's bad or not. <laughs> it tastes the same. <laughs> I just love the fact that Holly says uh, nothing wrong with dog's milk. Full of goodness, full of vitamins, full of marabou and jelly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, again, I'm really, really loving Holly in this episode. Mm. I, I like that it seems like they're going to be featuring him and his sort of funny stuff a little bit more. Because, mm. yeah, he's funny. And then we get uh, Captain A.J. Rimmer, space adventurer, is going to go save the, the damsels in distress. Mm-hmm. We've got another... Um, I love it. We've got a new drive room set. A new what was Drive that? room set. Oh, okay. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's much more tighter, much more colourful than, of course, the interiors one. And yeah, we got a lot... Of new sets mm. and areas. It was fun. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm loving that there's a little more color. And, mm. and I know that was probably part budget and part decision in the first season to have everything seafoam gray or military gray, <laughs> depending. But um, Ocean gray. Yeah, ocean gray, yeah. But I, 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 I think that the spaceship with a little more color, it makes it a little, makes it pop. I don't know. Uh, so let's see. Oh, hey, now here's something, and maybe, uh, Shane, you usually have all of the uh, background info for this, okay. but in season one, yep. almost every piece of music mm-hmm. was um, a variation on the main theme, mm-hmm. the opening theme, the closing theme, and all the incidental music. Mm-hmm. I never really noticed any music that wasn't that. Mm-hmm. For the first time in this episode, uh, during the cleaning and getting ready montage uh, where Lister was spray painting his his posterior. Mm-hmm. That music, I could not pick up the main theme in it if it was there. Have what what have they made any big changes in the music that you know of other than just budget or new stuff? Uh, What's question. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, basically, most of the incidental music was actually taken from existing recordings done in the first series, and they're just a smattering of new pieces. Hmm. The main, the main one coming in a future episode, but um, um, the uh, Android theme tune was obviously a dig, as we mentioned already, at the Australian soap opera Neighbourhoods, um, but contained additional yeah. lyrics removed for reasons of time and pacing. Okay. Hmm. 
Well, this one, like, yeah, when when uh, Lister was getting ready, there was like a really bass-heavy, mm. uh, mid-80s rock saxophone sort of thing going on that, uh, for the first time, it's like it's not just a remix of the theme. And then later on in the episode, they go back to remixes of the theme mm. in various mm-hmm. genres. But, uh, I don't know, some fresh music. Mm. Although some like crazy saxophone stuff going on. Oh, yeah, and as I, as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, Lister's, one of his best shirts, the one with only two curry stains, is the D-D-D-Don't Shoot shirt. Mm-hmm. That's his going out to town shirt. Oh, yes. Okay, I have in my notes here, with two expl- exclamation marks behind it, just do your laundry! <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was just... Uh, da. Well, when when the sock wouldn't bend. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I know he hasn't had to impress anyone in a while, but he's lost the ability to impre- impress anyone. Another neat thing about holograms we find out, and this may have already been mentioned, but is that they have a sense of smell. They do. How do holograms have a sense of smell? Well, how do how can holograms leave the ship? Oh, I have I have copious notes about that <laughs> later on. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, I'm nitpicking about the sci-fi stuff and the SOD stuff. That's what I do. I'm sorry. So, uh, moving on then with the plot. Well, did uh, anyone we look up out... Clive of oh. India? Yes. What is Clive of India? I was remiss in looking that up. Clive of India. I think it might be something to do with... It's a 1935 movie. Is it? Yeah, Robert Clive. Oh, first Baron Clive. A British officer who established the military and political supremacy of the East India Company in Bengal. Well, I should know that. You should, studying imperialism and cosmopolitanism. I'm fine. He's a bit before my time. <laughs> and now we know who Clive of India is. Again, that's our real purpose of the Red Dwarf intro cast, is to educate you about all the sciences and history, one fact per episode. <laughs> so, in amongst the hour of talk about Red Dwarf, you will have one genuinely educational moment, and this was it. Clive of India. The more you know. <laughs> Although Clive of India looks to me more like he's wearing velvet capes and stuff like that. In fact, he looks more like Cat than he does. <laughs> <laughs> Cat of India. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So, uh, we find out that despite the promise of the three uh, stable conditioned women that crazy android is crazy yeah and yeah and again i know that this is played for laughs and everything and when they get there it's you know haha they're dead and you were expecting and and they play it off as a comedy because you know this is a comedy show but i found this to be the most macabre really disturbing thing i've seen in a while this poor android (laughs) who exists to serve people he's been playing with the corpses as Barbie dolls for a couple of centuries because 
that's all he knows to do. Um, he didn't have James Dean to teach him otherwise. Do you want to you know something very interesting? I've only literally just found out. Oh, Go ahead. Hit it. Um, Star Trek, actually. It, it's, I, it's, I, it's not educational, though, because we can only have one educational fact per episode. <laughs> Star Trek. In Star Trek, in the year 1966, sorry, there was actually a character called Crichton in Star Trek. Oh. It was an Alassian, an Alassian bodyguard or something. Hmm. Well, Very cool. Mm. And the Star Trek fans did not know that. Shame on us. No. Anyway, back to Red Dwarf. Back to yeah. Red Dwarf, yeah. <laughs> Creepy android with the sad skeleton Barbie dolls and his plants. Yes. So sad. Um... Yeah, and I found Crichton to just... I'm really, really liking this character, and I'm really hoping that he is a regular cast member from this point forward. I suspect that he is. Um, mainly because, in just the bare minimum amount of research I've done, I've come across pictures of him on websites and stuff, so that makes me think, if he were just this episode, probably not. So, minor spoilage, I suppose, but I'm hoping we get to see a lot more of Crichton. It took... Uh, I like David... Crichton a lot. Sorry. <laughs> it took um, David Ross, the actor, eight hours to get into the Crichton makeup. I believe it. Aww. Yeah, it's it's very good for, for the, you know, the, the budget and time you know, compared with, with the rest of the show. I, you can tell it's... They put some time mm. into that. They got sort of this weird Max Headrum effect. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, Ross suffered from claustrophobia. Ooh. Oh, and, and they probably had to do that plaster mask thing where they put, like, your um, straws in your nose. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they used... Oh, no. I, I, no, this was... Sorry, they used prosthetic foam, but the mask kept falling apart, so they... Use a latex piece uh-huh. instead. Wow, mm. sort of reminds yeah, me actually... of the Tin Man from uh, Wizard of Oz. The first guy being allergic to the paints. Yeah, mm. Buddy Ebsen. Yeah, uh, Jed Clampett was supposed to play the Tin Man. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that's that's. Uh, ooh, that's rough. Mm. I actually, uh, in my younger crazy days, wanted a Phantom of the Opera mask. And my brother came up with the brilliant idea of doing a paper mache mask by covering my head in paper mache. <laughs> and so, yeah, I sat for about an hour and a half or so with straws in my nose while he plastered soggy newspapers onto my face. And that was a really horrific experience. And I'm not claustrophobic at all. So. <laughs> That had to be rough. Of course, part of it was your brother was plastering newspaper on your face. <laughs> well, yes, this is true. <laughs> um, oh, Cat's gold space suit was awesome. It was the finest of his outfit so far. Had that extra large and, helmet for his hair. And Holly was styling his toupee. <laughs> oh. So, okay, I know that they were going to meet women and everything, yeah. 
but and apparently holograms have a sense of smell, but he's still a hologram, right? I mean, there's no possible method of physical interaction in his future. Why? Why? It's. I get just meeting new people after being on a ship with Cat and Lister and no one else for that long is probably a big deal, but. Well, they could. They could figure uh, out a way. I think, from Rimmer's point of view, he. Because he he is there, he thinks he is just like Lister. I think he just forgets that he's a hologram sometimes. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. And, you know, there's there's ways. I mean, the dead have more rights than they used to. What, are you saying <laughs> that a dead person can't have a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they call that necrophilia. I'm, I'm on... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, my. Um, okay, well... Now that we're into the subject of holograms, I have to go ahead and bring up my nitpicky thing here. Okay. I had always assumed that Rimmer was projected via Red Dwarf projectors, kind of like the Doctor in early seasons of Voyager. But he left the ship uh, and wandered around on another ship. So it would seem, then, that the holograms in this universe have portable projectors, much like the Doctor in later seasons of Voyager. <laughs> and maybe the H itself is the hologram projector, although how does it hover around without a physical thing to attach to if it is the holo projector itself? I don't know. I don't get how holograms work in Red Dwarf. Can I give you a tip? Yes. Don't compare it to Voyager. <laughs> oh, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> well, what other hologram can I compare it to? Uh, it's oh, actually, you know what? It works more. It works more on the premise of Jim, Jim and the holograms. Yes. Uh, Maybe Lister's earring is in fact the the hollow projector. <laughs> It's Showtime Synergy, and if you catch that reference, then you're old and really a, a geek. Yeah. Like me, so. I'm okay. Got, trying to put, get my head around this, to be fair. Uh, and I've got a theory. I have a theory. Okay. Oh, All right. hit it, hit it. Um, well, the Blue Midget, which is the ship they use to get to the Nova 5, is a Red Dwarf <laughs> ship. Am I right? Yeah, it is. Okay, so maybe that ship has it's got its own hollow projection unit on board. Possibly, but I mean, and then it so can it, it was projecting project the from the the docked blue. Mid I didn't know that it was called the blue midget. That's really nice to know. Um, so it was the docked blue midget was projecting into the Nova Five. Potentially. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe it's just a show, and we should really just relax. <laughs> <laughs> You do but all that's why we do things. this. We we look at it too closely. I know. It's just I had always assumed the way holograms worked that it was more early season Voyager Doctor, but anyway. Anyway, what were you about to say, Paul? Nothing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we cut you off. <laughs> that, that we're being goits on the scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so tragic android. Uh, they meet the Charmita, Charmita ladies. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that was too good to be true. I knew there had to be something. 
Well, that is completely cuckoo. Yeah. yeah. Completely. All crazy oh. Norman Bates. It's funny, I thought Norman Bates as soon as we saw him with the skeletons, and then they went ahead and made the reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So sad. I know. But, you know, when once um, they started talking to Crichton, and he talked about how he, he existed to serve, and now he had nobody to serve, I kept flashing to Beauty and the Beast, the cartoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. <laughs> he is not home without a soul to wait upon. Be our guest, be our guest. And that ends the musical portion of this podcast. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, he needs to serve. So, Rimmer, being a nice person that he is, <laughs> gives him a purpose. A really, really long list mm. of things to do. There's a, uh, there's a famous eight take, actually. Um, oh, yeah? When you see Crichton scrubbing the floors with the um, small little bowl. Everybody remember that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the shot continues in the outtake, and he's scrubbing everything. The sound guy, mm-hmm. the camera guy, and just continues going down the hall. Huh. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, Crichton and his garden. <laughs> I want to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. I actually um, have in the notes here, oh, the English and their gardening smiley face. I love that that is that that is like such a a universal pastime, uh, and that the android loves his garden too. Yeah, yeah, and it, and he had like the the plants on his own ship, and I was surprised that he didn't bring them with him, or at least we didn't see him bring them with him. But yeah, that was such a sad scene. He was like talking about his garden, and it, it's and he almost treated the women's skeletons like a garden. Like he was just taking care of them and like putting. I, well, you don't put lipstick on plants. I hope not. But <laughs> like dressing them up. <laughs> right. They must know, have yeah. realized. He must have realized at some point because there were wigs on them skulls. <laughs> well, you would you would hope huh. so, but does the flesh? You would hope so, but how long they've been dead? Well, yeah, I was trying to think. Would the 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 flesh rot before the hair? Um, this is getting upsetting. Well, you can tell they were pretty young. I don't know what's going on. Or, ooh, maybe, uh, maybe it's was the style in the future. Maybe the women were wearing uh, wigs when they died. Maybe. So one thing I noticed is that Rimmer refers to Crichton as it. Yes. Which is strange for a hologram to be uh, specious toward a android, I suppose, but. Uh, he is. I guess he's. Rimmer's always looking for somebody to look down on in some way, and so Crichton isn't it to him. Mm. Well, he's got that philosophy that, you know, everyone is in their 
respective places and you know they have to um they have to respect the system and be happy with their place yeah Crichton is a house elf yeah and Lister gives him clothes Aww. <laughs> I do like that Lister sort of helps liberate right. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With hmm. James Dean. Or, yeah. Uh, well, oh, what were the movies that he showed him? Easy Rider. Uh, Rebel Without, Rebel a, Without cause. a Cause. Yeah, um, Rebel Without a Cause. The Wild Ones. The Wild Ones. Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> so he inspires uh, Crichton to rebel with a nice toilet painting. <laughs> so again, I'm really looking forward to having Crichton around. I hope he, he is a, a good regular character as I as I. I've always wondered, be. and I can't uh, find any information online about this, but when Crichton throws the soup onto this uh, sorry, into Rimmer's bunk, the curtain's halfway pulled. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if there was a retake of that and they couldn't quite get the stain off. That's why the curtain's halfway pulled. I don't know. I didn't really Some, notice that. Something I just picked up, but I can't find any information about that online, so I just, you know, just thought I'd throw out there. Hmm. Was it super curry that he threw? It was a curry flavored <laughs> soup. So, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very orange. So, it was, yeah, it was either like a curry or maybe like a, a butternut squash soup or, or pumpkin bisque or something. I don't know. Or gazpacho oh, I saw soup. The picture. It wasn't gazpacho <laughs> soup. <laughs> so, yeah, I have here at the end. I said this is my favorite episode by far. Future echoes notwithstanding. Um, I don't know, maybe there were aspects of Future Echoes I liked better, but so far, this... I'm hoping to see much, much more of this in the series. This episode, it really raised the bar for me. And I think part of what was missing was Lister needs a buddy. And I'm sort of hoping that Crichton can be sort of his buddy. You know, he's got a foil with Rimmer, but... He doesn't have anyone to joke around with, except occasionally Cat, but Cat has shown that he doesn't really care about him. Except whether he gives him Krispies. So, I suppose before we go any further, uh, we need to take just a moment to give a nod to some buddies of ours, because... Promotional consideration paid for by the following... Hey, this is Andy and Dan from Total Wrestling Show. Are you enjoying the programming right now? It's been a great show, and if you're enjoying this, don't forget to tune in every Sunday, 6pm GMT, for Total Wrestling Show Live. And if you want to be part of the most interactive Facebook group in the wrestling world ever, go to facebook.com forward slash TWS Live, or you can tweet us at TWS Mate. And don't forget, if you can't join us live every Sunday at 6pm at TotalWrestlingShow.com, you can always check us out on podcast, and that is off the iTunes feed. And while you're there, leave us a review. 
Exactly. So if you want to have the latest news, the latest reviews, the latest competitions, and the latest superstar interviews, join us for Total Wrestling Show Live, the UK's number one in pro wrestling interactive talk. So, uh, I guess it's time for you want to do quotes or ratings first? Ratings. Okay. Ratings. Ratings. Okay. Uh, Paul, this is your first uh, time to rate an episode with us, so why don't you go first? What do we do it out of? Out of ten? Yeah, I scale of one then. to ten. Three. Yeah. Three. Three. Oh, did oh, I hear three? Three, I, uh, three I, what? You need to come up. Yeah. Three out of ten. I I'm not okay, a fan of three out of ten. Yeah, I, I I really don't. I think Shane understands why I don't like this episode, but I don't want to say why. It, you'll understand. For for an introduction to Crichton, it's a good introduction, but he looks like C three PO. Ah, and it's quite annoying. <laughs> he does a bit. Okay. Alright, Shane, what about you? Um, I'm going to have to give it... Because I'm, I'm torn. Because um, me and Paul had a discussion about this episode off-air. And he's um, convinced me to see the episode slightly differently than what I used to. So, I'm going to have to give it a six crushed Nova 5s. Okay. Wow. Love, what do you think? Okay, there's got to be something going on later in the series that we don't know about that makes yeah. this episode completely different. But right now, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, while in and of itself, I don't think it would be one of my favorite episodes, um, I can tell it's sort of starting a new status quo. And I like the status quo that it's starting. So I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 uh, curtainy floral bedroom decorations. <laughs> um, well, I, I obviously love this episode. Uh, I, I it, it had more color to it, both in terms of the visuals and the script, in my opinion. Um <laughs> It, it seemed to pop more. I think the addition of another character is really helping the show's chemistry. Um, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 glasses of emergency backup dog's milk. <laughs> that's a lot of dog's and milk. That's a lot of glasses of dog's milk. And, you know, maybe some of those are bad, but you really can't tell. So, uh, so that is what we thought. Um, if you would like to comment on the episodes or on our show... Or anything in particular, uh, you can email us at, uh, well, first off, you can get on our Facebook group and join our Facebook group because there's a lot of cool people on our Facebook group, and it is the Red Dwarf uh, intro cast on the Facebooks. Or you could email us at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. Woohoo! Or finally, you could Twitter at us on the Tweetifier, and that is at uh, Twitter.com slash Red Dwarf Intro. Cool. And just keep it spoiler free. If you're going to talk about a specific episode that we might not have watched yet, 
uh, give us a little warning in the intro to make sure Angel and I can stop reading in time so as not to spoil our pristine red dwarf virginity. So, um... Also, tell us how awesome we are. Feed our egos. Yes, yes we, we need some ego feeding. <laughs> uh, oh, and now it is time for the quotiness. Quotes! So, Paul, do you, again, we're going to let you go first, because this is your first time to review an episode straight up with us, so do you have any quotes from the episode? I do. There's there's a long one and a short one. Which, which, which would you like first? Well, either one, but just 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 go with one. So, uh, just in case you take both of the ones that we have planned. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Lister says drop dead. Rimmer says already have. Lister says encore. That's one uh, of mine as well. Fine. I had that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of backups, so one of y'all can go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna okay. do mine. Um. Oh. How did you get into art college? The normal way you get into art college. The same old, usual, boring, normal way you get in. Failed my exams and applied. They snapped me up. <laughs> and that was... Oh, art in the and humanities. that was my other quote. Aww. Oh, one more. Are you out of quotes? Okay, you okay, got out of court. town. Your nickname was never Ace. Maybe Ace Ho. <laughs> Mine was, Mr. Arnold isn't his name. His name's Rimmer, or Smeghead, or Dinosaur Breath, or Molecule Mind. Or on a very rare occasion when you want to be really polite to him, and I'm talking really polite, on those rare occasions you can call him Arsehole. <laughs> Lister was very posh then, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so how, how, how was my Listerian accent there? Uh, I very, it. It's too posh for Lister. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens. We only hear BBC um, British accents, so we end up with all the British people being very posh. Right. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I do my go other ahead, quote, go, please? Take it. Yeah, hit do it, hit it, do it. Right. It's uh, when the first meet um, Crichton... And then Crichton says to him, is there anything to matter? Anything to matter? They're dead. Who's dead? They are dead. They're all dead. My God, I was only away for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> but, yeah, even though I rated it quite low, there was some really good quotes in this episode. Yes. Oh, yeah, I had so, also written down, let's see. Um... As the days go by, the inevitability increases that we are alone in a godless, uninhabited, hostile, and meaningless universe. (laughs) I just got a kick out of that. Yeah. We have to laugh, though. Yeah. Let's see. Did I have any more besides Charmita, Charmita? (gasps) Yes, I'm so excited. All of my six nipples are tingling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, 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 I wrote, um, listen, girls, I don't know if it's the time or the place to say it, but my friend Ace is incredibly, incredibly brave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'm out. I am too. So what are we watching (sighs) next time, Shane? Better than (laughs) life. That's fine, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) 
Warpaw. I'm sorry, what, yeah, what, what was the name, episode name again? Better huh. than life. Monopoly is better, better than life. Really? <laughs> I don't know, I just said that. Wait, I'm not even catching that rep. Oh, because, the, okay, the board games. Yes. I, I see. Yes. Uh, the, the game of Monopoly is better than the game of life. The game of life. The game of life's awesome. I have no idea what I'm oh, I can't here. even guess what the next episode's going to be about. Well, let's see now. Uh, no. We have no spoilers. I haven't seen it. Well, see, I, well, that, that's that's one of our things. Angela and I try to guess, um, based on only the episode title, what the episode will be about. Uh, yes. And you know, yeah, no need to tell us if we're right or wrong. We'll find out. But I guess my guess for better than life is now we have on the ship. Holly, the Scudders, Rimmer, and Crichton. And the only living people or beings on the ship are uh, Lister and um, Cat. Cat the Conqueror. So, I don't know. Maybe, like, all of the robot things on board are going to... There'll be, like, a, an episode-long debate over whether it's better to be living or dead. Or better to be organic or digital or analog given yeah. that it's the 80s <laughs> uh, I don't know I possibly think um, that it could be that and this is probably my Star Trek sensibilities coming in that they could be like having illusions that are better than their actual life like Ooh, come up with yeah. an energy being that gives them hallucinations and like Lister is on Fiji, and Rimmer is the captain of his own ship, and like like holodeck addic addiction or the yes. Paradise Planet, or yeah, yeah, hmm. that's a good thought. I like your I like your theory. So yeah, we will find out if we are right next week, and we will be joined uh, with the first of our special guests next week as Nutty Nuches. Uh, will be joining us to review Season 2, Episode 2. So, look forward to that. Nutty Thank you for joining us. Nutty Nuchas. <laughs> a fellow uh, potential cast fan. Uh, thank you for joining us and for listening. And uh, we will see you all. Well, we won't see any of you. But, you know, metaphorically speaking, in the sense of seeing. Uh, we will uh, be back again next week. Bye. Uh, Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.